Hi, and welcome to The Open Creative, brought to you by Asanas and Jay. I'm Josh Murphy, and I am very pleased to be here um, with John Brown, the bursar at the Cambridge Union in this grand uh, library at the moment. John, tell us a bit about yourself and about your role within, the, within Cambridge Union. Okay, well, th thank you. Um, so my story starts back uh, well, well in, into the early 80s. Uh, I started my career in the army. I did 30, just over 30 years in the army. Okay. Uh, and then left that and was fortunate enough to go off and work as the Deputy Governor of the Tower of London, which is a fairly unusual role, looking after the Crown Jewels and, and various things It's an there. important role, though. You've got to uh, say that. Very exciting. But I think people also forget that the Tower of London is one of London's busiest tourist attractions. So it's a really yeah. commercial tourist uh, business in, in many respects. Yeah. Uh, and from there, I was lucky enough then to move on and go on to the board of the Imperial War Museum. Yeah, as fantastic. the operations and commercial director there, uh, which I did for six or seven years, uh, working across the five museums that the Imperial War Museum uh, operates, when this role came up. And this is spectacularly different, and, and that's yeah. really why, in the end, I, I, I went for it. It's some, in, it's some fascinating yeah. roles, I've got to say, from the army, going from that point and sense of it, some career change and going into this. But some of the brands you're talking about there, the, the history and heritage behind those is, is, is amazing. I mean, like you say, the Duxford Air Museum, close to my heart. I think when we first had the catch up and conversation, I think that was one thing we enjoyed talking about. And it was the, but the Cambridge Union, what is, I mean, when the job came up and the role came up, what was it that attracted you so much to the position here? I think uh, twofold. One, because the society has a genuinely interesting back history going back. It, it predates 1815, which is when it, it yes, sort of incredible. incorporates itself. But really from 1815, it really has a very joined up history as a bastion of free speech. And, you know, we, we sort of, we give it the modern strap line of, uh, you know, a safe place for difficult conversations mm -hmm. um, or a marketplace for ideas, which are sort of throwaway lines, but they are very genuinely rooted in the history of the buildings and, and you know, where we're sitting today. Yeah. Um, I also think that where you're coming into contact with what started purely as a student society. Mm -hmm. So you've got to remember, it's like all the clubs in the university. It yeah. started from very modest beginnings yeah. and is now a multinational brand yeah. that spans 18 different countries, um, has a you know relatively large holding here in Cambridge itself mm -hmm. and, and is a thriving business. And it's when you look at all those threads, the bursar is, is kind of the wrong title, really, but it sort of fits the academic environment we work in. Yeah. But I'm part business manager, I'm part coach, mm -hmm. I'm part um, planner uh, that provides the continuity yeah. uh, ongoing to sort of hold, hang the whole thing together, really. Yeah, no, it's really it's a really interesting role. And I think the, the, for, for the context, I'd say the Cambridge Union is is such an I, I was amazed when i came into facility and just see the kind of history and heritage we're sat in the library room at the moment um but just along the, the corridor like so you've got the debate chamber which has held some fam like incredible famous names over the years and i think when it came in and the realization actually this is something pretty special like and it was a um, a really really great place and i said obviously and in recent times um as you're saying you've then um you've opened up then to the to the wider audience with the orator previously 1815 bar um, what was that kind of, you know, the decision behind, I know that it was probably dates a little bit before what you joined the business, but tell us about that part now, about that kind of bridging the gap between, between like saying, opening the doors really to showcase what everything's about here. I, I think it was a really bold move, really by the trustees who looked at, 
you know, where we're sitting in now is a Victorian clubhouse. Yeah. I mean, the, the chamber was designed specifically for, for its purpose as a, as a debating and speaking chamber. But they added on to that all the functionality you would want in a clubhouse. So mm -hmm. the libraries are here for people doing research because they needed to be able to research before going and talking in the chamber. Mm -hmm. But there was, as you say, the 1815 bar was the bar. Previous to that, there'd been cafeterias and restaurants, tea rooms, yeah. games rooms, smoking rooms back in the day. Yeah. So it provided all the facilities that you might want from a centre in town, you know, meeting rooms, the whole nine yards. Uh, but about 10 years ago, they looked at what was there and went, actually, it isn't really relevant. For, for a start, mm -hmm. um, part of the site actually was residential housing, because okay. this library used to have a full permanent manning of librarians and researchers, yeah. which of course come the internet age were no longer required. Absolutely, so yeah. those houses had been let out. Um, it also actually had two squash courts, which had been built in the 1930s. Again, it's part of this club ethos. It was a society. Yeah. It, it provided a range of facilities for its members. And again, those weren't really um, relevant to its current use. Yeah. So trustees looked at it and said, how can we best use the real estate and, and enable it? And actually, this is far more about attracting people in from different views and, and getting them to interact in a number of different ways. Yeah. Um, so selling off some of those assets to then rebuild this side of the building and we're sitting on on the south side of the building mm -hmm. um which had the old 1815 bars very much a student bar i'm led to believe it wasn't yeah. particularly salubrious mm -hmm. um but to regenerate that into a thriving open place mm -hmm. a brasserie yeah uh, which then led into some modernized facilities uh was the sort of 21st century step for the society. Yeah. It, I mean, it took over 10 years to design in and facilitate. Yeah. And I arrived after the hard bit had been done, all the building work was complete. But what we've been left with now is this great interface for a private members club mm -hmm. to open itself where appropriate to, to the wider public and to share that rich heritage. Yeah. Um, and also get more people to come in and, and, and use the whole thing and experience the whole yeah. the whole place absolutely i i like i said i, I was wound when i came into it i think like i said i just taken back by the amount of facilities and like saying every corner you turn within the building and you kind of feel that kind of the heritage and history all behind it and i think like i said so we came obviously first introduced when the orator actually turned up and actually was amazed then to find out the history mm -hmm. and heritage beyond that and that's how i kind of personally got into the um, to the brand understanding the business and what was behind it um, but it really feels like now there's that platform for future growth and then to develop it. I mean, like I said, I think it's, um, you know, we want to go on to that literally a little bit around the kind of like brand transformation around you, you when, because I think you have to look at it from a completely different angle. Sometimes you come in and go, right, as an agency, we'll go and go, we're going to change this and do that. And But you're managing something that is very precious with a lot of history behind it. You know, what was it like from your, your point of view when you're looking to make changes and to modernise it and change with the times? Was there a period or process in terms of, you know, how did you go about that? What was your kind of thinking when you first came in? Well, I, th I think, I mean, one of the things that tends to happen in, in historic organisations is mm -hmm. you, you tend to get groups within groups. And, and those that, you know, th there will be people who are very passionate about traditional core values to the organisation. And there'll be those who are trying to modernise or do something different. And very often you can get quite stovepiped 
organizations where yeah. they're getting on okay, but they're all just doing their own thing. And I think the, the one thing I was really struck about here is what I wanted to try and introduce was this one team ethos. Yeah. And, and the idea that there isn't a student bit to this and a, a, a bit that's open to the public and a bit that's, that does yeah. serious debating and a bit that does... Together. That they all need to come together and that mm -hmm. the brand was more about expression and free expression. Yeah. Because that was the true heritage, the true tradition that mm -hmm. had sparked the whole union yeah. in the first place. And that that also wasn't limited to the, you know, just the verbal form, just the talking. Yeah. This was... This could be done in a number of ways, and I'm, I'm not. It wasn't an original idea. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the the students and and the committee had already entertained. You go back to the 1960s. Mm -hmm. The fact that performance was was an integral was part of the offer here. Yeah. But it had never really been recognised and integrated as as part of that. And so what we're trying to build now is this. And I'm I'm sorry to use the sort of the, the catchphrase, the glib yeah. catchphrase, but you know, the marketplace for ideas and those ideas could be an art exhibition, yeah. they could be music, they could be poetry, or they could be, you know, the really key debate about a difficult issue yeah. that we're really addressing some difficult topics mm -hmm. that people are genuinely uncomfortable with yeah. but we can do it in that structure that allows them to be positive i think it's important in this day and age as well where about sometimes like say that it, it is almost you have to be very careful what you do say in the mm -hmm. open open market but in the sense of actually when you're in a like you said a safe place to have those conversations i think it's really important um Going back, so thinking about like to that kind of when we first conversation of you know you wanted to really take stock of whereabouts the business was, what they were doing. Like you said, it felt fragmented to start off with. And when we went through the branding day, where we got everyone around the table, what was the kind of like the key outputs from from that day? How did that kind of you know when we sat around? I think for me, it was really interesting when we had all the different characters around the table, the different um, stakeholders within the business, the from students right way through to yourself and the team. Um, the, the you know the chef team literally like I say it was there was a real good mix of everyone and I felt like there was really good insights that came out that allowed us to have those conversations and actually almost cement your kind of the theory because it was a, when we went into it you had a kind of a hypothesis of I think this is the direction but I want to test it and we're going to go through that and that day kind of for me felt like we kind of really kind of teased those ideas out to get then the the kind of insight to, to cement it so no I think we're all behind this um, and we do that. So what was the kind of the, well, the day like for you? I think, you know, the nature of the, the organisation is a really interesting one because um, it's student-led and student-run, but the students inevitably, because they're only at university for three years, and they can only do a certain amount within the union in that time, of course, change over fairly frequently. Yeah. You've got in that group really bright, really uh, able young people mm -hmm. who come up with some fantastic ideas. But it's the continuity to see them through to delivery, which is a challenge for them. Yeah. You've then got the paid staff who are there, you know, can provide that continuity and can work with that. Uh, and then you've got sort of the business staff who, if you like, are enabling this by, by, by running the business. And what we, you know, the challenge we've got is melding that all together yeah. and doing it in a sort of cooperative and positive way and all understanding that, you know, it's not like running a stable business where you start a strategy and you'd be able to deliver it quite clearly yeah. because the creative element's going to change, the, that student element's going to change. And so you're going to have to adapt and move along. Likewise, for, for those, those members who are leading the organisation, 
they can get quite frustrated because they want to deliver something now. They want to do something really quickly. Yeah. But they've got to understand sometimes they're putting the building blocks in for next year or the year for, after. For the future, yeah. And that's a really interesting mix of people. And trying to form one team out of that and get the the guide rails and the sort of you know working procedures together is what is still a work in progress. It's what we're still trying to achieve. But I think what we've got now is this recognition that if the brand is consistent and that there's an identity that we all accept, yeah, there are norms within that that you can veer and haul on, but you're not going to suddenly jump out and do something crazy. Yeah, And that's really quite a healthy place to be in. And that's what that piece of work and, and the other things that we've been working with you around yeah. are now starting to generate. Yeah. And so going forwards now, what, what we hope is we'll still bring up some really diverse things, mm -hmm. but they'll have that core identity that they can latch on to and, and will make sense to anybody coming in yeah. that they can see that's what we're about. Yeah, definitely. I think, like I say, it was the putting the foundation and the framework together for them, providing the platform, then, like I say, to be able to flourish and have that, but without, like I say, going completely off-piece that then that doesn't represent the brand as a whole. I think it was a... Um, I think the biggest thing, obviously, was really around like I said the orator was a big brand in itself when it got launched it was very separate and then the, it was part of the Cambridge Union but people didn't know it was part of the Cambridge Union and that piece of work I say from our point of view was really exciting to no, 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 elevate the Cambridge Union is the is is the big part for us and that's the that's the core brand and it's the orator at the Cambridge Union it's then if we then like say do anything else off of it it's then the different facilities from it and I think that's been a it's been an amazing process to be part of and go through and like I said we've been excited to to work with you on that and just tell us like say from that now obviously now the framework's in place and we've hopefully like say created that kind of framework structure for the future what does that look like for you what's the kind of ambition i guess for the cambridge union uh, moving forward well I, I think there are three three legs on the stool if you like that, that you've got to work with one is the the sort of core offer which is the student the student members are the the heart of the society yeah uh, you know any one time in cambridge there'll be several thousand students who are members here. Now they buy life membership. So, so addressing that audience and making sure we talk to them after they've left university as well. There's a huge network out there of, of the alumni of the union. You know, we, we're in contact with over 40,000 of them at the moment. Yeah. And so I think there's a job of work in bringing all those people and still bring them into contact with what we do at the union, both physically here in Cambridge, but also online, um, and the sort of broadcasts that we're doing yeah, at present. keep part of that journey, journey there. Yeah. So, so there's, that's the sort of heart and core of the, the organisation. You've then got our educational charity, which often doesn't get a lot of attention, but is really vibrant. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we had 30 universities here competing for the in, international debating competition. And many people go, oh, I didn't even realise you could do debating in a competition format. Yeah. You can do, it's very well set up. It's yeah. been around for about 150 years. Um, you know, 30 different countries coming here and competing for, for a world title. Yeah, it's a really big thing. Really vibrant, really fantastic. And that spins off into the fact that we then do um, free speech education, communication skills, uh, in conjunction with partners in 18 countries worldwide now. Yeah. Um, that involves our members going out to those countries uh, and helping secondary school level students yeah. up to university in English. And that's surprising, you know, when you think about it, um, develop communication skills and develop this uh, idea about being able to debate things. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation about something you might really disagree with. 
Yeah. But you can have your say and I can have my say and we can end up, we may not agree, yeah. but we've you can further try to both sides of the story, yeah. So I'm really passionate about that bit. I, th I think it doesn't get enough of, uh, of attention. It's something that we do really well and is really vibrant. And then when you come back into this country, uh, we do it, um, we have nearly 90 schools around the country. Yeah. We participate in this both remotely and then again for their finals here. Um, and so that charitable purpose is the second piece. Yeah. And then the third piece is the business. Mm -hmm. And that's how we open our front doors to a wider audience. Absolutely, yeah. Both commercially, so you know, getting people coming in, and we've we've done this very successfully with a number of um, companies where they come and use the debating format, mm -hmm. the British parliamentary debating format, to actually aid their own business process. Yeah. Um, and so, not long after I arrived, actually, we had, to, had one of the first ones in, which is a a large pharmaceutical company who wanted to launch their new um, initiative, their new, you know, their new strategy. And so what they did is they brought the team in who developed that and they became the proposition side of the debate. And then they had their normal staff who became the opposition side of the debate. Because you know what it's like when you, you develop a new strategy in a firm, this, yeah. it's getting that, that rolling resistance to change, getting over that and getting the ideas accepted. Absolutely. And they used the debate format to do that really effectively. It's a, it's a great idea. I think like I, say, I think there's lots of companies out there I think we have massively benefit from that. And like I say, and it's getting into a place, but like I say, where there is a split opinion, it's a brilliant mm. idea, literally, to bring it into a, um, an area like that. And from a, and obviously from an outsider's point of view, outside of, like I said, the membership mm. and you've got the corporate side, I think what was really inspiring for me is the fact that actually this is an open opportunity. The doors are open for members of the public, like I say, to be part of the everything that, that is created here and kind of almost get a little window in to see what this the world is like of, um, of the Cambridge Union. Well, I, mean, I think that's, that, you know, that's, uh, again, at the heart of that business level is, is you can come as a customer to the orator mm -hmm. just for a, for a meal. Yeah. And then suddenly find you're sitting next to, uh, as we did two weeks ago with Brian Cox, the physicist. Yeah. yeah. And you can see people coming in and going, you know, isn't that Brian Cox? You know, uh, and the speakers are really, who come here, are really good about coming in and integrating into the public side as well. So if you, you can just do that on just on the off chance. If you want to carry it forward and do more, there are events that you can come to. Yeah. And there is an open membership which allows you access to certain events as well. So there's a great spectrum of activities. You don't have to commit much or you can get really interested. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. um, but that part of the brand now is opening that spirit of free expression absolutely to a broader yeah. audience fantastic thank you very much it, amazingly insightful like i say we've loved obviously being part of the journey um with you on this and looking forward to continue um working with you on that and um, hopefully that's really insightful for everybody listening and kind of um and hearing more about the cambridge union and that kind of process of going through managing with the historical brand um if there are any other ideas or things you'd like to hear about from the open creative and sanders and jay um please do get in touch um and, and keep listening Thanks a lot.